Welcome to Three Books, an ELA Area Public Library podcast. I'm Kristen Weiser. And I'm Becca Boland. Welcome to episode 21. Yay, Children's Book Buzz! <laughs> so today you're going to hear from a wide variety of staff members from ELA Area Public Library um, and the books that they chose to do for Children's Book Buzz. Um, if you listen to the January episode, you heard our adult book buzz. Um, and so today we have Katie. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Katie is the assistant head of Children's Services. Is that your official title? Yep, that sure is. Great, fantastic. Um, and she's going to talk a little bit about um, how Children's Book Buzz came to be. And then she's going to share, I think you had, what, 20 different books at Book Buzz? Yes. yes. <laughs> Give or take. How many um, of those were cookbooks? Zero. <laughs> uh-huh. I think I think a children's uh-huh. cookbook would have gone just as well as the cookies. You could have brought a children's cookbook. <laughs> That's what you should have that done. That is about my speed. <laughs> and you could have dominated ch- book children's Peanut cookbooks. Butter and Jelly 101. <laughs> Some of done. those kids' cookbooks are not. I do really easy. like a William Sonoma. Yes. Baking one, uh-huh. but it was definitely more than two years old. Well, I had a next time. Next time, <laughs> I had a Beatrix Potter cookbook when I was little. Like someone gave it to me first or second grade as a birthday present, mm-hmm. and I loved it. And we made stuff out of it all the time. Yeah. But clearly, if I had it when I was six or seven, that makes it, you know, fifteen Two years or three old. Years old. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It's probably out of print. But anyway, um, so Katie. How did Children's Book Buzz come to be? We just stole the idea directly from you two. (laughs) (laughs) So I had participated in the adult book buzz with my cookbook. Uh Uh-huh. Go back and listen to that guy. (laughs) And I had, like, just such a fun time, and it was such an awesome experience that I reported back to Natalie about how, like, super fun it was, and she was like, we should do that. And then she totally did that. (laughs) And you guys decided summer because that's your busiest time of the year. Yes, and and we also thought kids might be looking for something, like, new and different to read to start off their summer. Right, and it's really great, too, to have the books um if you don't remember the the gist of the program is that every staff member has a stack of one or two titles or in katie's case 20 um, (laughs) to give away at at book buzz and every patron that participates can take like two to three books away that they get to keep it's not just a library book so in the summertime when people are going on vacation and going to camp and all of that other good stuff it's really nice to be able to hand them a book Yes. to keep and then that they don't have to worry about returning it late or how it fits in with their vacation or anything like that. Yeah. So and they can share, you know, and I think with kids too, owning a book is part of that literacy it's, process. Yes. It's huge. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah, and we had a lot of families that came in and were and in both the adult book buzz and in the children's book buzz that families that came in and strategically chose books <laughs> yes. Yes. in order to maximize yes. the number of books that they were taking yeah. home. And they could which, all share and yeah. enjoy. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was strategic. Super thinkers. great. I Don't love play it. Them in chess. Critical critical thi- <laughs> critical thinkers building libraries <laughs> to take over the world. So beyond just we had a good idea, and we we you, really did. We did. We really did. Well done. Tap tap. <laughs> um, I think that was supposed to be pat pat, not tap tap. <laughs> <but> whatever. <laughs> 
fine. We'll work out the end. It's the end of summer reading. The fact that I can speak at all is a minor miracle, really. Um, So beyond that, and the literacy component and the owning books component, was there any other kind of thought or... Because you did change it up a little bit. We did change it up a little. I think our main goal was like, Reader's advisory, fun books that you might not necessarily come across on your own, and then, like, things that people were really excited about. So we tried to have everyone, like, present a book that, like, meant something to them. (laughs) Sure. And so... Talk, talk, if you would, a little bit about the range of books that you had. Yeah. So we serve uh, birth to middle school, like, in there, and we wanted to have something for everybody. So we went from babies, like, board books, and then all the way up through, I don't know, probably 7th, 8th grade, 5th like up in that range. Yeah. <laughs> um, it gets a little harder to put a... a box around those books yes. for kind of upper elementary, lower, middle school, because um, it all depends on interest and reading level and a, a bunch of other factors. So it was nice that you kind of Yes, so we tried, room. and yeah. everybody, it was really interesting when everybody, like, met for the first time. Everybody had, like, huge stacks of books, and it was really hard to, like, mm. narrow down to what everybody wanted to do and it sort of all worked out where we were like okay well we have a few things for this age group and we need some more things for this age group and then people would be like oh but I read this great thing and so then we did end up with I think something for everybody yeah I think you guys had a challenge that we didn't have because you serve such a diverse reading range yes population (laughs) you had to make sure bases were covered in a way that we didn't necessarily have to we knew we wanted some teen books we knew we wanted some adult books but by virtue of people's interests, that would be covered. Yeah, right. But yeah, it's not so granular. So we also didn't do the, you guys did the super cool raffle, mm-hmm. and we did. We ended up not doing that because we yeah. felt like we didn't want people to have to listen to book talks that didn't pertain to them, yeah. mm-hmm. like age-wise and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, and we really wanted, especially for adult audiences, I feel like they come into the library and they know exactly what they're looking for and maybe aren't necessarily always looking for a stretch. Some of them are. Yeah. But we definitely wanted the adult book buzz to be a little bit of a challenge. Like, hear about something yes. you would totally disregard. You never know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people ultimately was said, oh, I, I probably wouldn't have chosen this book just if I saw it on the shelf. But based on hearing whomever speak about it, like, I'm willing to give this one a try because it right. seems like something that I would be be interested in. So, so that's really cool. Um, so just for clarification, if you don't remember, for the adult book buzz, um, we ask that the adults go to every table and listen to the book talks mm-hmm. for every book. Now, the only way that we enforced that was to say that if you had done that, you got entered in a raffle. Like if they chose to just take three books, you know, educated Dory's cookies, and <laughs> a murder bot or whatever. And, <laughs> And bounce like that was that was their choice, but you know we really encouraged people to listen to all of the book talks. Um, but to have to force a fourth grader right. to listen to a book talk about a board book it is like seems cool. Yeah, yeah. and like yeah. it's not doing any of the things that you want right. the we program it to, be to fun. do. Right. Yeah, right. Um, and so that's really cool. And it also provided the opportunity for families that did have babies. 
um, and a second grader and a fourth grader yes. or whatever to all walk away with something that that worked for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really great. And you guys came up with, we'll make sure that we put something up on the website, but like there's a super cute children's book buzz logo and everybody got a book buzz bag. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, The graphic designer in in children's, Rachel, does an amazing job with stuff like that. So um, it was, you guys definitely took the program and made it your own. So you can't give us... Oh, but we also stole your idea of having a display afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a book buzz display in the children's department with all of the books that we buzzed, and they have a little sticker on them, and so, you know. So usually we say, like, check out the books in the three books collection. This time you would check out um, the books in children's as part of the um, children's book buzz display, which is right when you walk in. So it's, it's there for everybody to see. But... Part of why we wanted to do that, and I'm sure that's part of why you wanted to do it as well, is because book buzz is one night, and you never know right. when pe- what pe- kind of conflicts people have or whatever the case may be, and that gives them the opportunity to see that these are books that the library yeah. thinks are great, yes. to check out the... Did you guys have the bookmark there that had the list of all of the books? We did. I don't know if it's still there. I okay. should check in the Yeah, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so there was a really great bookmark that they provided with the names and um, authors of all of the books. So that if you did hear about a book that you liked, but you had already made your choice of three, <laughs> yeah. you could you could take note and make sure that you checked it out later or yeah. um, asked for it for your birthday or whatever yeah. the case may be. Well, you know, we tried once a couple of years ago to remove a section of our shelving that's devoted to staff picks, thinking we could get some more room for other uh-huh. collections. And we had so much feedback from patrons that we didn't even realize we were really using it. <laughs> That they wanted it back because they they would exclusively go there and get. And so it was fun to do something much more targeted Mm -hmm. with staff picks and draw from readers' favorites from across the library and be able to put something in there. So it's sort of like doing extra special staff picks and be able to show that. That's super fun. So I think that pretty much sums up what book buzz is right Mm -hmm. okay fabulous so katie yes you had how many books at book buzz i had three books at book buzz okay and will you share your um book talks with us today yes yes i will who are you going to start with? So I guess I'll start with The Bad Guys, the book that I can't stop talking about because we already talked about this book on one of your previous podcasts. Was it November of last year or two? Booksgiving? Books, it was one of the Booksgivings. Yes, I think it was last year. I think it would have been last. Oh, that's right, because that's when we had people in and we didn't yes. talk on people's behalf. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, we learn and grow, too. Um, <laughs> so, yes, you. this is this book. So Listen up, people. Still obsessed Why haven't with the you bad read guys? this book yet? <laughs> Mr. Wolf is tired of being a bad guy. He wants to be a good guy instead. He decides to form the Good Guys Club, and he asks Mr. Snake, Mr. Shark, and Mr. Piranha to join him. They drive around town looking for good deeds to do, but it never goes well. Are they going to be bad guys forever? You'll have to read it to find out. And if you like this one, there's um, multiple others in this series featuring the same characters. At least... Four or five or six. There might be more. Six, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And because this is a podcast and, and not a vlog, she is holding up the book <laughs> with the cover facing the microphone. <laughs> I would also love to show you <laughs> Because the illustrations just really make this book. So, what if, so this is a great book for kids that love... Um, graphic novels because the illustrations are great and they're prevalent and also like for that kind of 
in between place where you're like still trying to figure out the chapter book, um, but you love a graphic novel because the pictures help you out a lot. Like this is great, but it's definitely a step up from a, a reader. Yes. Yeah, it's super funny. <laughs> so funny. The illustrations are fabulous. And I love a series because if you're giving it as a gift, yes. you can give like the first few in the Ooh, series. I think this one has a box set. <laughs> Katie loves a box set. Is, is there a stuffy that goes with it? I, I don't think for this one, but they should. They yeah. should. They totally should. Yeah. I would love a Mr. Piranha. <laughs> Who is the author on this one? Aaron Blaby. Aaron Blaby. That's a good name. <laughs> it's Aaron Blaby sounds like the kind of person that would write that book. Yes, like that totally. name totally fits with, with the books. Yes. Like yeah. a little bit silly sounding. Yeah, yeah, I like it. So that's the bad guys. That's yeah, the bad guys. I also brought <laughs> My Toothbrush is Missing by Jan Thomas. She's showing you the cover. This is the first book in the hilarious Giggle Gang series. Oh, wait. Maybe it's not the first book. It's just my favorite book. I don't know which order they came so out of. This one's my favorite, so it should be first. Um, this is all about Dog, who can't find his toothbrush, and his friend Donkey swears he's seen it somewhere, and he leads the rest of the gang on a wild goose chase, and Donkey is convinced things like an egg beater, a broom, and even Fat Cat, our dog's missing toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> Do they find it? You'll have to read to find out. You know the sign of a good book when um, the librarian is still laughing about it after talking about it for an hour, an hour straight? Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh my word. The yeah. characters are so expressive. Yes. Like the, the drawings are like <laughs> almost the best part. <laughs> this was one of the books that my family chose from Book Buzz, and my two year old and my seven year old, the seven year old read it aloud to all three of us. Um, and we all just laughed and laughed and laughed. When so I, it has universal appeal. When I first yeah. read this book, I brought it from person to person to person in the department, and I was like, read this, and I'm going to stand here and watch you do it. <laughs> yeah, we used to do those elephant and piggy books yes. <laughs> when I was in children's Well, class. it definitely has an elephant and piggy vibe yes, to it. Agreed. So, um, yep. yeah, yeah. If, you, if you have worked your way through the elephant and piggy books, and then the ele- what is it called, elephant and piggy? love to read or elephant and piggy love reading or something like that um this series the jan thomas series is another is a great one to jump to hilarious Um, yeah just funny animals doing funny things um which (laughs) might be your particular genre of choice uh, you figured me out (laughs) (laughs) i'm a sucker for anything funny (laughs) and your third book was Nature Anatomy. I did not bring a copy oh, of that with me. Oh, that's a really cool book. And I also didn't like like full on book talk that one. I was just like, oh, here, you just look at this because the illustrations are so beautiful, mm. and the whole book is just like. There were so many kids that were like, yep, I'm taking this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I need to remember that book when we do the Art Meet Science. Oh, totally. We do a program here called Arts Meet Science, and we have a um, scientific illustrator that comes in and talks to the kids about um, how she illustrates things for um, scientists that need like a diagram or for books like and specifically this fall when we have the dinosaur program she's going to talk about how do you illustrate a dinosaur because clearly no one has ever seen a dinosaur so like how do you what do you how do you take a fossil and then make that into a drawing and nature's anatomy um is all scientific yes, drawing. So yes. it's nonfiction, but it's all illustrated. Yes, she has a couple um, other ones. She has too. one about a, a farm. farm. 
And I cannot remember what the third one is. Yeah, I don't know, but I'll link to them Do you in the show. Her name? So, what is her name? <laughs> Julia Rothman. Nice. <laughs> um, and it looks. Uh, Ooh, it looks like you could buy all three of them. <laughs> Look at that! A, a box set. It's so it's farm, food, and nature. Oh, food! I bet would be really yes. good. And this is one of those books where it wasn't necessarily marketed to kids, no, right? It wasn't. It's fun for all ages. Exactly. Oh. And a great one. It went with our theme this summer too, which our summer reading theme was uh, backyard adventures. Awesome. So I wanted to have something that kids could take to their backyard. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that was another thing about the children's book buzz that I thought was fabulous was that there was an awesome mix of of um, fiction and nonfiction, prose and poetry, um, all aged, all ages were represented in all of those kind of um, genres. Um, so it was really nice that the kids who just want the the facts, man, yes, right. come in and get a bunch <laughs> of books facts. that were factual but still, you know, beautiful and, and interesting. And you know, I know I've had at least one person. Um, when doing their book talks, say, like, this is not like nonfiction yes. when I was a kid, yes. which was boring. Like, this is <laughs> super funny and exciting, yeah. and the, the illustrations are beautiful, or the photos are beautiful, or whatever the case may be. So, anyway, so Katie is kicking off our um, entire series of um, a fair number of the staff members who participated um, are sharing their book talks. Um, in their own words, some of them we couldn't coordinate with or weren't com comfortable in front of the microphone, so you'll hear me um, in their stead, but you're used to that, so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so stay tuned for the complete children's book buzz, buzz extravaganza. <laughs> Hi, I'm Stephanie Wojciechowski, and I work in the children's department. My title is I'm a children's librarian and the preschool liaison here. So the book I chose was called Never Let You Go. It's a picture book. It's a warm, fuzzy-feeling book about parents' um, never-ending love for their children. In the book, the mama penguin does not want to let the baby penguin go, but she has to because kids have to be independent and do things on their own. Uh, for example, like going to the bathroom. Or eating lunch. <laughs> um, but however, at the end, he is reminded that his mom is always there and she will always love him and she will never let go. So I chose this book just because it's that warm, fuzzy feeling, super cute book, just to remind kids that their parents are always there. Their parents will always love them. Also to gear towards the younger crowd for the Children's Book Buzz program, it's we wanted to gear it towards babies through middle school, but we needed that we wanted to hit the target group of babies also. So being that it was a family-geared program, we wanted to make sure baby brothers and sisters could have books that they could choose also. So this was one of them. Um, we also had three other board books that they could choose from. I didn't necessarily book talk those as much um, just because some of them are kind of self-explanatory, but, you know, babies not necessarily going to listen to the speech I had to give. <laughs> but I also geared my speech towards um, adults or the child, whoever came up to me. If the child was old enough, I made it, I geared my speech towards them. But if they were a little too small, then I geared my speech towards the parents, but I tried to include their child as much as I could but um I just think this book was just the cutest book ever so that's why I decided to choose it 
Yeah. So. Do you remember the titles of the board books that you chose? Oh, there was, um, that's not my B. There was something with a fox. Yes. Um, like a nature with a fox that you could, you could actually run your finger through it. It had like lines you mm-hmm. could follow things. And I can't remember the Was other it Chow one. Baby? Yes. I think it was because that's a series. Mm-hmm. So we chose one of them. Yes, I think it was Chow Baby, which is cute because the baby gets to go on little travel experiences, which is adorable, too. So, yeah. Wonderful. Thank you, Stephanie. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Anna. I'm a children's librarian, and I chose the book The Lost Book, Scroll of Kings by Sarah Prinius. This is a fast-paced fantasy adventure perfect for fantasy fans who are looking for their next favorite book. The story features Alex, a snarky, sword-wielding apprentice librarian who is on a mission to uncover the secret behind why librarians keep all the kingdom's books locked away behind closed doors and why librarians throughout the kingdom have been dying under extremely suspicious circumstances. When books begin to come to life, Alex cons his way into a position of royal librarian, and he and the young queen Kenneret must find out what's going on with the books, who they can trust, and how to save the kingdom. This book is a total page-turner and a super fun read that will be enjoyed by fantasy fans and library lovers alike. And what age group is that for? This is a middle-grade novel, perfect for kids probably about 8 to 12. Awesome. My other book is May Among the Stars, which was written by Rhoda Ahmed and illustrated by Stasia Burrington. It's a non-fiction picture book about Mae Jemison, the first black woman in space, Little May is a dreamer, and she imagines what it would be like to see Earth from outer space, dance among the stars, and wave to her parents from a spaceship. Not everyone in May's life believes in her dreams, but her parents tell her, if you can believe it, if you dream it, and if you work hard for it, anything is possible. May does work very hard. She reads lots of books and never gives up on her dreams, and eventually goes to space. This sweet, endearing story is a perfect read-aloud for your own little dreamer. The illustrations are beautiful and bright, and for those curious, there is a note with more information about May and her life at the back of the book. Wonderful. And that's nonfiction, right? This is a nonfiction picture book. Awesome. Thank you! Yay! Hi, I'm Carol, and I work in the Adult Reference Department on the second floor. I was very pleased when I could spend some time with children's books, particularly a set that I found from an author in Vermont. His name is John Churchman, and he began a series called the Sweet Pea series, which is set in the farm area where he lives and works. He is a professional photographer, and all of the books that he and his wife have written are, are illustrated very, very beautifully with scenes from the farm. I particularly enjoyed the alpaca lunch. The alpaca lunch is a new alpaca who has to learn how to eat on the farm. And she goes around the farm and finds all the vegetables and fruits and tests everything so that you get a great idea of what foods you might like to eat. At the end of the story, she finds that the best place is in the barn 
with a wonderful supply of carrots and pumpkins and squash and tomatoes and all wonderful, wonderful, delicious foods. The entire series is set on the farm, and you will find other books. Sweet Pea is a Sheep, Finn is a Sheep, there is Fern the Bunny, who has a wonderful adventure finding Easter eggs, and there is Maisie the Puppy, who is new to the farm and has to learn all about the things that herding dogs do with sheep. It's a wonderful series. I'm sure you will enjoy it. The beauty of the the books is amazing, and I hope that you'll take a look and see. My name is Jillian, and I work in the children's department, and I'm a children's librarian. (laughs) And I'm going to talk to you about You Don't Know Everything, Jilly B, which is a fiction book by Alex Gino. Um, The book is great for so many reasons. Jilly is a white hearing girl who loves fantasy and her life with her family and friends. Then her baby sister is born deaf, and suddenly her world and comfort zone are turned upside down. With the help of her family, cousins, aunts, and a special friend who also happens to be deaf, Jilly starts to see the world around her a little bit differently. She notices things aren't going to be as easy for her little sister as they have been for her, and that she certainly hasn't realized how different things can be for other people as well. Jilly has some pretty deep and moving conversations with her aunt's wife, who is black with two children of her own, and those children have had completely different experiences than Jilly has. Her friend Derek, who by his own experiences of being black and deaf, opens Jilly's eyes to a world she didn't really know before. Jilly learns to embrace the changes in her life, and even though she might not always know the right thing to say, she knows to always do the right thing and to stick up for the people that she loves. It's a great book for parents and children to read together, especially to start having some important conversations about white privilege and racism and other social injustices that are around us. My second book is Huggy and Stick by Drew Daywalt, and it's an awesomely funny picture book um, where Huggy, who is a stuffed animal, and Stick, who is a stick, fall out of a backpack and drift away in the Pacific Ocean. Their adventures are chronicled through various diary entries made by both of them, with each one having a vastly different perspective on their experiences and what's happening. Stick has a very limited knowledge of the world and thinks that he is having an awesome time, while Huggy, a little bit better grasp on reality, is not so thrilled with his current situation. Together they hit all seven continents while trying to make it back to the backpack that they initially fell out of. Um, Drew Daywall is fantastic, and he does a great job of writing humor and sarcasm into his books without losing children but being able to appeal to an adult as well and it's a really great family read aloud how might people know drew daywalt's work he's written um the day the crayons quit and the day the crayons came home and the legend of rock paper scissors so he's got some really great ones out there and this is just another one to add to his wonderful collection Wonderful. Thank you, Jillian. Yes. Hi, I'm Anne. I work in the adult reference department, so I'm really excited that I got to be a part of this because I don't usually get to talk about children's books. So the book I'd like to tell you about today is called Hello Kitty Presents the Fairy Tale Collection. 
It came out late last year, and I bought it for a friend of mine, actually a daughter of a friend of mine, and I was really impressed with it, so I figured I should share it. Um, This book is appropriate for about ages four through eight, uh, but also for adults who like Hello Kitty. It's a beautiful hardcover book at a really nice price. I think I paid $12 for it. Um, Now that that's important, what the most important thing is that it's excellent, but it's also a good value. So Hello Kitty Presents the Fairy Tale Collection contains five classic fairy tales, such as Little Red Riding Hood, Thumbelina, and The Little Mermaid, and they all star Hello Kitty, who looks absolutely adorable in the illustrations in all the fairy tale outfits. At the Children's Book Buds events, little girls went crazy for it, but some boys did stop by too, uh, because remember, fairy tales are not just for girls, they're for everyone. And some of our most famous fairy tale writers, like the Brothers Grimm and Hans Christian Andersen, were in fact men. So I recommend the Hello Kitty Presents the Fairy Tale Collection for anyone, male or female, who likes fairy tales, or Hello Kitty, or just likes things that are really, really cute. Thank you. Hey guys, it's Becca again. Summer is a super busy time at the library, so it's hard to track everybody down. So I am going to tell you a little bit about Brenda's titles for children's book buzz. Um, You may remember Brenda from episode five. Um, The title is something about a bridge. Nonetheless, go back and listen to it. It's fabulous. Brenda's fabulous. And... She always has amazing recommendations. Um, So her first title is um, Are You Scared Darth Vader by Adam Rex. Darth Vader is the lord of the dark side. He's pretty grumpy and he's not afraid of anything. Or is he? Read along as a group of children trying to find out. And we learn, does anything scare Darth Vader? Um, This is for grades uh, kindergarten through third grade-ish, or a Star Wars fan of any age. Um, If you liked Dad and the Dinosaur by Jennifer Chudlingo, um, this is a great title for you. So that's Are You Scared Darth Vader by Adam Rex. The other one is a nonfiction picture book. Um, it's called Curiosity, the Story of a Mars Rover by Marcus Modem. Will humans ever establish a base on Mars? What challenges might we face? Where do we even begin? Curious about our future on Mars? Then Curiosity is the book for you. This fun, informative book tells the story of one curious rover sent off to Mars to learn about the mysterious red planet and answer some of our biggest questions. Um, This is a great book um, for grades three to five. um, And anyone interested in space or Mars specifically, um, if you read and enjoyed The Mighty Mars Rovers by Elizabeth Rush, um, this might be a great title for you. Um, So Thank you to Brenda for sharing those amazing books with us. Hi, I'm Katie Barr. I work in circulation department at the library here. And I chose for my children's buzz book, two books actually from the same series. The first book is Hilo, the boy who crashed to earth. And the second book that uh, I covered was Hilo, then everything went wrong. So I'm going to talk to you about the first book. Do you like Jedi Academy, Dog Man, Big Nate? Then you'll enjoy this outstanding comic, Hilo, the Boy Who Crashed to Earth. 
DJ is an ordinary boy until Hilo literally crashes into his life and makes his everything extraordinary. Can DJ, along with his friend Gina, help Hilo remember his past and fight alien robots at the same time? Read this outstanding story by Judd Winnick and find out. Now, if you are already familiar with Hilo and DJ and Gina, then maybe you're ready for the last book in this series, which is Hilo, Then Everything Went Wrong. DJ and Hilo have ventured to Hilo's home world to uncover more secrets of Hilo's past. Meanwhile, Gina is helping robot versions of DJ and Hilo manage school life, which is full of hilarity and mischief. But will Hilo save the day, or will he need saving? And is anyone who they say they are? Be sure to pick up all five books of Hilo at the library in the comics section. Enjoy! I'm Lorraine, and I work at the information desk. Book I did was Pick a Pup by Marsha Wilson Chall, art by Jed Henry. This is a charming and delightful book recommended for children ages two through five, grades pre-K through grade one. Yet I'm in my sixth, sixth decade and I enjoy this book. The rhythmic text is lighthearted and complements the warm, sunny watercolor illustrations. Do you like puppies? I like puppies. What puppy would you pick? A yellow pup? A sleepy pup? A mellow pup? A busy pup? A quiet pup? A barky pup? A sparky pup? Sam can't wait to pick a pup, but which one should he pick? Is there a way to know the one? A clue? A sign? A trick? Eeny, meeny, miny pup? Which teeny, weeny, tiny pup? Puppies bounce and puppies play. All pups are fun. I hear you say, I want them all. Me too. How can I pick just one? Now Sam says we are meant to be. Read this book to know the trick. Just what pup Sam did pick. When Green Becomes Tomatoes, written by Julie Fogliani and art by Julie Morstad. This extraordinarily moving book celebrates the four seasons through poetic journal entries in descriptive writing style. Starting and ending on March 20th, the vernal equinox and first day of spring, and celebrating all the seasons throughout the year, this timely text is cleverly written. The poems evoke emotions simply prompted by the time of year. Tiny gems such as, if you want to be sure you are nothing more than small, stand at the edge of the ocean looking out. Quotidian daily pleasures are acknowledged as is ennui, resulting from too much mud, rain, or winter. Yet in this book, mud and snow are hardly dreary. Inviting illustrations employing exquisite gouache technique express surprising details that demand our closer look. Green Becomes Tomatoes is remarkably dazzling season to season. My verdict is it's highly recommended for all ages. My name is Michelle Bourgeois. I'm the Children's Art and Technology Librarian in the Children's Department. The first book I chose for Book Buzz was We Don't Eat Our Classmates by Ryan T. Higgins, who also wrote the popular Mother Bruce series. 
It was my favorite picture book of last year for about four to seven-year-olds. It's all about Penelope the T-Rex, who, like many young dinosaurs, is nervous to start school. But she is very surprised on her first day when she finds out that all of her classmates are children. So, like any good T-Rex, she eats them because children are delicious. Her teacher is not very happy about that, and neither are the children who are now covered in dinosaur slobber. As you can imagine, Penelope has some trouble making friends, since people generally don't like being eaten. This book is hilarious and gets even better on subsequent readings, because the illustrations are as funny as the text. Penelope especially is wildly emotive and makes for a pretty adorable carnivore with her big eyes and her pink overalls. While this is a picture book, I definitely think that older kids and adults would find a lot to love here too. The other book I chose for Book Buzz is The Truth About Bears by Maxwell Eaton III. It's a nonfiction picture book written in the style of a comic. It's really funny and you get to learn about bears. I would probably recommend this book for about ages five and up. The text gives brief facts about bears, while the illustrations include comments from the bears in the form of speech bubbles, which offers some comic relief. On one of my favorite pages, a map shows the continents where bears can be found. One bear asks, doesn't Hal live in Sydney? Which is followed by a picture of a hilariously angry koala bear screaming, koalas are not bears! I picked this book because I was a kid who was never really that into nonfiction, in part thanks to how boring some nonfiction titles for kids were in those days, but I really appreciated The Truth About Bears. It makes learning fun, and it's also part of a series, so if you like that one, you can learn the truth about hippos, dolphins, and even elephants. Hello, it's Becca yet again. I have been entrusted to share with you the book talks of one Pam Allen. Um, Pam is the children's program coordinator um, here at Ela Area Public Library, and she asked me to share her books with you. She had two in our children's book buzz. The first was called Fur, Feather, Fin, All of Us Are Kin by Diane Lang and illustrated by Stephanie Liberis. Um, that's me guessing at the last name on that one. Um, do you love animals, but maybe are afraid of some, like insects or snakes? There are so many wild and wonderful animals in our world. Some have fur, some have feathers, some have fins, but we are all connected. This rhyming exploration of the diversity of the animal kingdom celebrates everything and everyone. Mammals, birds, insects, fish, reptiles, amphibians, and more. So this is a nonfiction picture book. Um, Pam chose it because she just thought it was really beautiful. Um, and so it's definitely one of those ones that if you have a kid who is an animal lover, um, this is a really great choice. Um, it doesn't necessarily look or read like typical nonfiction, which is always um, fun and interesting when you're trying to learn new things. Um, The other book that Pam chose was called Robot in Love by T.L. Macbeth. Standing on Electric Avenue one day, Robot sees something that changes everything. His eyes widen. He gasps. He has seen something so beautiful, so shiny. He is in love. Best of all, they both love toast. He finally works up the courage to say hello, but she's gone. 
Um, this is a picture book. It is um, fiction, obviously. Um, and it's just really, really hilarious. It's about a robot that falls in love with a toaster. So it might not be a, a typical kind of love story, um, but you need to take it um, tongue-in-cheek as it's intended. So that was Robot in Love by T.L. Macbeth. Thank you to Pam Allen in the Children's Department for sharing our book talks with us. My name is Patricia Linares, and I do story time here at the library. We have two story times, one for kids who are two to six, and that will be in the fall after Labor Day weekend. We are going to do every Monday from 5 to 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. So the parents can come from work and can bring the kids here. And then I will also be doing story time the second Thursday and the fourth Thursday of the month from 1 to 2 p.m. for it could be also the same age group, but the problem is that kids are at school. So it's targeted primarily for the kids who are at home, like two to five years of age, if they go to preschool in the morning. And what is special about your story time? We do a bilingual story time. Primarily, all my books are in Spanish, but I take advantage of the opportunity to also introduce those that are Spanish speakers to the English language and introduce those who are English speakers to the Spanish language. So it's a bilingual story time. I have kids that come, you know, from both cultures, and it's wonderful because the children interact and get to know each other before they go to preschool if they decide to or school here in Lake Zurich. We even have some visitors sometimes from other suburbs. Wonderful. And what books did you choose for a children's book buzz this summer? I chose Brown Bear, Brown Bear, What Do You See? And it's in Spanish. It's Oso Pardo, Oso Pardo, Que Ves Ahí? I chose that one for kids. It's six months of age to three years of age because it's very descriptive of animals. And we all love animals, especially children. All the colors and all the drawings are so descriptive and so the colors are so vivid. And, you know, children like colors and it's a new way of uh, or a great way to learn the colors, the animals and the friendship among the animals. Ahora lo voy a decir en español. El libro es Oso Pardo, Oso Pardo, ¿Qué ves ahí? Lo escogí porque es un libro que introduce colores y también todos los animales y la amistad entre los animales y hace la pregunta ¿qué ves ahí? y los niños contestan veo y dicen el animal que ven y el color del, del que es el animal eh, las imágenes son muy vivas con colores muy brillantes y muy descriptivos so this book also asks the question what do you see and that's what the kids should be learning, you know, to answer these important WH questions. <laughs> so they can start by saying, I see, and then they, of course, talk about the animal and the color. And it's great. It's not just a yes-no question. We want them to start thinking about um, what they see. So um, the pattern is great that this book presents, and the rhyme, and, of course, the simple sentence structure, which is perfect for those little ones starting to talk and describe. Eh, este libro eh, tiene muy buen ritmo, tiene una estructura de oraciones muy simple que es perfecta para estos niños de 2 a 5 años que están aprendiendo a leer y a descubrir el mundo de la lectura. 
My next book is Bear's Busy Family, La Familia Ocupada de Oso. Ese es el próximo libro. I chose this book for kids two to five years of age. I love it because it talks about family relationships. And of course, we all come from a family and we want to learn in both languages the names of all the family relationships. And there is even a family tree in English and Spanish. It's a very colorful book, very simple sentence structure too. And also we have all these descriptions of the bears and the colors. Es un libro muy bonito porque describe todos los osos, la familia, las relaciones, porque todos venimos de una familia y queremos aprender las descripciones de nuestra familia, y también un libro con muchos colores. Y this book addresses our five senses, smell, touch, taste, sight, sight and sound, and kids get immersed into using and experiencing all these senses. Los niños eh, se introducen a todos los sentidos. Este libro toca todos los, nuestros sentidos, el olor, el tocar, el saborear, el ver, los sonidos. Entonces, es una introducción maravillosa al uso de todos los sentidos. Muy bien, muy bien. And book number three is... Corduroy. Corduroy. En ambos idiomas, in both languages. And I chose Corduroy, Corduroy, for kids ages 6 to 10. Corduroy was written in 1968. And it's a great book because it talks about the sense of belonging. This little bear wants to be loved by somebody. And this little girl goes to the store with her mom and she spots him and comes back the next day and gets the bear. It's a very curious bear. And uh, it depicts that um, also curiosity that some children have and can imagine in a bear. So it definitely emphasizes friendship and belonging. Es un libro que fue escrito en 1968. Lo escogí porque es un osito que va, que está en una tienda y quiere que un niño o una niña se lo lleve y que lo quiera mucho. Una niña lo ve un día y el día siguiente viene y lo compra. Así que enfatiza el lazo de amistad que puede haber entre un osito que es muy curioso, así como los niños, y una niña, y el poder pertenecer. El, el osito siente que pertenece a una familia, así como también una mascota puede pertenecer y la relación que puede existir con una familia. It also um, reminds us of relationships that kids and families have with pets, because it gives kids the sense of love and belonging and somebody to take care of or someone to take care of. It also has very simple sentence structures, which is great for that age group as well. Tiene también una estructura de oraciones simple, simples que son perfectas para niños de esa edad. Many bear books. 
Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, because so a, a oso, bear, pardo, oso pardo is a bear. Oso pardo, oso pardo, pardo es un oso. Corduroy es un oso. Y la familia ocupada de oso es una familia de osos. Que escogí sin pensar que todos mis libros son de osos. I chose these books without really thinking that I was choosing all these bear books. I guess the bear is the animal of our summer reading <laughs> advice here, and uh, it's on the list of books that we had for the book buzz, which was very successful. Agreed. Well, thank you so much for your time and for sharing these wonderful books with us. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. My pleasure. Hey guys, it's me, Becca, from the Three Books Podcast, but I am also the Assistant Head of Popular Materials and the Teen Librarian here at the ELA Area Public Library. I'm going to share the books that I chose for Children's Book Buzz 2019 with you all. Um, both of these are um, late elementary, early middle school titles. The first is Front Desk by Kelly Yang. Mia Tang has a secret. Actually, a lot of secrets. Do you want to hear a couple of the secrets she's keeping? One is that she lives in a motel, not a house. Every day while her parents clean the rooms and do all of the laundry, Mia manage, manages the front desk of the Cala Vista Motel and she tends to its guests. Can you imagine having to do a big, important, grown-up job like that? Two, her parents hide immigrants who need a safe place to stay. And if the mean motel owner, Mr. Yao, finds that they've been letting them stay in empty rooms for free, the Tangs will be doomed. They'll lose their home and their jobs. Number three, Mia wants to be a writer, but her mom thinks that she should stick to math because English isn't her first language, and her mom can't imagine that she'll ever be good enough at English to be able to be a writer. It will take all of Mia's courage, kindness, and hard work to get her through the year. Will she be able to hold on to her job, keep the immigrants and guests safe, escape Mr. Yao, and go for her dreams? This is a novel that is loosely based on the author's own childhood. She grew up in a motel, and she um, immigrated here from Hong Kong, I believe, and um, she actually ended up going to college at 13. And obviously now, because she has this beautiful novel, she has become a writer. So um, you can see the parallels there. Um, I really loved this book. I thought that it was a really awesome coming-of-age contemporary fiction novel um, for young readers. Um, as I said, I think, you know, late elementary, early middle school is a really good fit for this particular title. My second title is one that you may have heard me speak of um, on the podcast before. It's a favorite um, in my home, and I was excited to be able to share it with um, more kids here at ELA. It's um, The Cardboard Kingdom by Chad Sell. Um, it's a graphic novel, um, and in The Cardboard Kingdom, you can be whoever you want to be. Imagine that evil or good, a superhero or a scientist, everybody is welcome among this gang of imaginative neighborhood friends who are converting their block into a land filled with knights, rogues, robots, monsters, and more. 
You can be anything, and all that's required is your imagination, a little creativity, and a lot of cardboard boxes. Summer vacation in the neighborhood will never be boring again. My name is Kristen Weiser. You might have heard of me. <laughs> I'm the head of Popular Materials here at Elo Library. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. At the beginning of mine, I totally said, this is Becca. You may <laughs> recognize my voice from... Other times you've listened to this <laughs> podcast. Um, so we've established that we were participating in the book buzz. So yeah. go ahead, Kristen yeah. Weiser, Higher Popular <laughs> Materials. Please tell us about your books. Um, I chose two books. The first one's called Meet Yasmin. It's by Sadia Faruqi um, and illustrated by Hatem Ali. And uh, it's about... Yasmin, she's a second grader. She lives in the big city. Um, she lives with her baba and mama. Um, and what I liked about her and why I chose that book is because throughout several chapters, she is consistently coming up against some sort of situation that makes her a little bit nervous, where it's something new or unexpected or um, a conundrum that she's facing. And she, you can tell she's intimidated by it, which I think is normal, but her character takes the time to really thoughtfully or creatively find solutions or workarounds, um, and you just see this character, like, working hard to come to a favorable outcome. Um, so she likes to explore. She's willing to make a mess. She'll think outside the box. Um, in one of the chapters, she is a map maker, which I just thought was enthralling. You know, as a kid, like, you know, making maps and doing, I kind of had forgotten that. And so um, her, she she just starts making a map. And one day she, she goes with her mother to this uh, farmer's market, and she's wandering around creating the map of the farmer's market, which I think I always just made up maps, but she's actually taking a real place. And I, I just love that. And ends up getting she she gets lost because she's so engrossed in her map, but you know at first she you know that that horrible feeling of being separated from your parent, um, but then she's like I got a map and she uses that to trace her way back, um, and so it's just stuff like that that I thought was um, a really positive representation of a thoughtful young girl um, being really you know creative and smart and. Um, interesting so and she's spunky and you know the illustrations are really fun um and that's actually I ended up taking that book and gifting it to my niece um for her you know that's just sort of the character that I would love for her to be influenced by um so that was meet Yasmin and then I chose my next book for me <laughs> um, it's called The Stuff of Stars by Marion Dane Bauer it was illustrated by Ekua Holmes and this book like brought me to tears looking at the illustrations and it's just really lovely rhythmic um, writing. And so in the beginning, before there was you or me or trees or dogs or clouds or anything in our universe, there was just darkness. And then bang, you know, the universe came into being and it flung out all this dust into the universe and that dust became planets and trees and people and and the illustrations for this are just um, you know, just enthralling. You turn the page and it's like, you know, you can tell the illustrator is very seasoned because that use of the page turn for dramatic effect is so apparent 
you know, page after page after page um, with these just gorgeous illustrations. And it starts out, you know, very large with this sort of universal scale, but then it narrows it down um, as, you know, life is being created from this um, event. And eventually, yeah, it's about the universe, but it's really about the universe and it's about each one of us and how we got here and we're all made of this star stuff. And I just thought it was really beautiful. Um, and it was the kind of thing that, again, like it, it meant a lot to me, but it made me want to like share it with my nieces and nephews and be like, look at this, you know, um, this is the universe that we live in. This is, you know, how we came to be. So it, that one just made, meant a lot to me as a, a person and a reader. Well, that's a that's a book where you can give it to a child, but you can also give it to an adult right. because the illustrations are so gorgeous. Um, and the poetry is so lovely that um, all of the adults I know that have read it have been impacted by it. And then um, to read that with a child and be able right. to talk about that with a child is like a whole different level of, right. of experience w- with that book. And I, I would highly recommend that you put that book on hold from your library or if you're at a bookstore or whatever, page through it because it's... I don't think you can, this is one where it's like, I wish we had a, a video podcast because right. the the visual of that book is so stunning. The premise is, I mean, as simple as the creation of the universe can be, like this, the premise of the book is simple, right. but the execution mm-hmm. of the words and the illustrations are really what make it different than right. anything else that you've probably read before picture book wise. Yeah. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for sharing your books. You're welcome. (laughs) What a new experience for you. (laughs) All right. Well, we've heard from a lot of people. Yeah. And about a lot of really fun books. Um, And now it's time to wrap up. But before we go, of course, we have to share a bookish quote. And I think, Becca, you've got something for us, right? I do. And it pretty much encompasses the way I feel from June through July every (laughs) year because of summer reading, but in the best possible way. Um, It is from Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. You're mad, bonkers, completely off your head. But I'll tell you a secret. All the best people are. Um, So Mm -hmm. that's a good bookish quote. That's an excellent bookish quote. (laughs) You have been listening to Three Books, an ELA Area Public Library podcast. Engineered by David Olson and produced by us. Our theme music is produced by Lache Swing. Write to us at threebookspodcast at gmail.com and tell us what you're reading or what book you would have included in the children's book buzz that we missed. Um, You can find us on Twitter at threebookspod. And don't forget to subscribe and um, maybe tell a friend about our little podcast or give us a little five-star rating to help other people find us. We'd really appreciate it. We just were added to iHeartRadio. So now you can find us at Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, pretty much most of the places where you you do your potting, mm-hmm. your pod listening, your <laughs> pod stirring. Ooh, very nice. Um, <laughs> so yeah, do that. And um, as we mentioned earlier, if you are in Lake Zurich, yeah, come by and see the Children's Book Buzz. 
display or find a bibliography or bookmark. We've got those. And yeah, or stop by your own public library to request a copy of the books that you heard about today. Um, you can find the titles we've discussed as well as links to our catalog um, at eapl.org slash three books. Um, and, you know, enjoy. Absolutely. I'm Becca Boland. I'm Kristen Weiser. Three you later.